Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we are going to be talking about the moose. So the moose is the name that is used in um, the Americas of what it is called. But in Eurasia, it is actually called the elk. But in um, North American English, elk is actually a completely different species of deer. So for um, in America, it's called the moose, but in Europe and Asia, it is called the elk. And then as for where the moose is found, so the moose occurs in in Canada, Alaska, New England, uh, as well as New York State in the North Americas. And then over in Eurasia, we have the Baltic states, Poland, Kazakhstan, and Russia. And moose typically inhabit boreal forest and temperate broadleaf and mixed forests of the northern hemisphere in temperate to subarctic climates so think almost like pine forests, those kinds of things where it uh, doesn't get too hot and it can still get pretty cold and then getting into what the moose looks like i'm sure a lot of people do know what a moose looks like um i knew what a moose looked like way before the thing that i always when i first found out because i didn't find this out for a long time is its size so first starting out, the moose is like a brown color. Most will be like a brown color or like a very dark brown, almost black. Uh, they can even be gray or tan depending on the area and the season. And then getting into the size, this is where things, uh, I want someone, I want you to have an image. I want you to have, pull up an image of a moose so you get a real appreciation for how big these are. So an adult moose stands between four foot seven inches all the way up to six foot 11 inches in height at the shoulder. So that is simply at its shoulder. It can get up to almost seven feet at the shoulder. Uh, the head and body length, so from nose to tail, they can get anywhere from seven feet, 10 inches to 10 feet, two inches. So not only are they tall, they are very long. And then as for weight, the males or bulls normally weigh between 838 all the way up to 1,500 pounds. And females or cows typically weigh between 440 and up to 1,080 pounds, depending on uh, where they're found, uh, the season, all that kind of stuff, as well as age and the kind of uh, food that is found in their area. And the largest of all the subspecies of moose is the Alaskan subspecies, which can stand over 6 foot 11 inches at the shoulder, and their antlers have a span of up to, uh, on average... 5 foot 11 inches and average weight of uh, 1,400 pounds for the males and uh, 1,000 pounds for the females. So like we said, these things are massive. So with moose, it is only the males uh, that have antlers. I know in other deer species, it can be male and female. Um, but in this species, it is only the male moose that can have antlers. And unlike most deer species, they what is they have what is called a palmate or an open hand-shaped antler, um, which means that it has 
a actual flat surface to it before it starts branching out, unlike deer, which have very long twig-like antlers. So that is uh, what is different about the antlers. And unlike other deer species, these antlers aren't sharpened at the tip. Um, They don't taper off into a point. They are actually more curved and broad at the ends. And the actual size and growth rate of these antlers is determined by diet and age. And symmetry with the antlers reflects good health with the actual moose. And then the antlers um, of mature adult bull moose, uh, the size of them depends on the age of the moose. So uh, the moose in between 5 to 12 years old have a normal maximum spread greater than 90 or 79 inches and then by the age of 13 the moose antlers decline in size and symmetry Um, but the widest spread recorded was 83 inches for the antlers and an alaska moose like we said the largest species it actually holds the record for heaviest antlers weighing almost 80 pounds And similar to other deer species, the moose actually drops their antlers after mating season, and this helps them conserve energy for the harsh winter months to come. And then their new set of antlers uh, will then regrow in the spring uh, when breeding season comes back around, and they take about three to five months uh, to fully develop, making them one of the fastest growing animal organs. So antlers actually have uh, blood vessels and skin coverings on them. And we'll often see that the antlers are quote unquote fuzzy. They actually have a very velvety texture. Um, And the uh, bulls and the uh, male moose, they will actually rub off this velvety textured outer covering. And the immature bulls may not shed their antlers for the winter, but they will actually retain them until the following spring. So it just depends on the bull and the age. And then when these uh, male moose actually do shed this um, outer covering of their antlers, uh, birds, carnivores, and rodents will eat this dropped antler because they are full of protein and even moose themselves will eat it uh, for the nutrients and the protein that it has. And then another interesting physical characteristic of the moose are their hooves. So their hooves actually splay. So they are hooves, but unlike deer where they're kind of like the rigid uh, form, the the moose hoof will splay out under load, which increases the surface area, which basically means makes their hooves a lot like snowshoes. So they're able to uh, walk at least more on top of the snow. Obviously, they're heavy. They're going to do a little bit of sinking, but they don't uh, sink as far into soft ground or snow. And... It actually helps them swim. Um, moose are actually excellent swimmers. They can swim miles, and these uh, very wide, almost like shovel-like hooves help them swim really efficiently. And then their fur consists of two layers. They have a top layer of long guard hairs, and then they have a soft, woolly undercoat. So the guard hairs are hollow and filled with air for better insulation, which also helps them stay afloat when swimming. And then that soft, woolly undercoat is to help keep them warm in the harsh winter months. The actual tail of the moose is very, very small. It only gets about two to three inches long at the most. So it's a very, very small tail. Um, And another uh, interesting thing about them is that they lack upper front teeth. So they have very powerful tongues and lips and gums. Um, That helps them when they're actually uh, grazing and chewing on vegetation. So the moose is a... uh 
herbivore, as you would guess based on what Julia told you. So their diet consists of both terrestrial and aquatic vegetation. So that includes forbs, which is a flowering plant, uh, shoots from willow and birch trees, lilies, pondweeds, uh, which are used for sodium. And then a moose weighing 800 pounds can eat 72 pounds of food a day. So a fun little fact um, with this eating is that moose are not considered grazing animals, but they are considered browsers. And this means that they are concentrated selectors. So moose don't just go and eat whatever they can find on the ground or on the trees. They carefully select foods with less fiber and a more concentration of nutrients in the actual plants themselves. And so Julia mentioned how they eat when on land, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, they can eat aquatic vegetation. So like I said earlier, moose are excellent swimmers and are known to wade into water to eat aquatic plants. So this trait also serves a second purpose and helps them cool down during summer days. Um, And it helps get rid of fleas on them as well. So moose are attracted to marshes and riverbanks during warmer months uh, to find good vegetation and to cool themselves. Moose have been known to dive over 18 feet to reach plants on lake bottoms. And their complex snout that they have can help assist them in this type of feeding. And then moose are the only deer that are capable of underwater feeding. And an adaptation to help them be able to do that are these uh, fatty pads and muscles around their nostrils that help completely close the nostrils when exposed to water pressure. So water doesn't get in their nose and they're able to swim down, uh, pluck plants, eat them, and then come back when they need to. And because of where it's found in um, North America and also Europe and Asia, the moose does have a lot of predators. Uh, These include wolves and cougars, bears, Siberian tigers, uh, rarely wolverines, uh, things like salmon sharks and Greenland sharks and orcas. Because of, like we mentioned, it wades into the water uh, every now and then to eat. And it is a great swimmer. So sharks and orcas, a moose is a very, very good meal for them. And then getting into mating, so cows, female moose, will select males based on their antler size, and bull moose will use dominant displays of antlers to discourage competition and will spar or fight rivals. So usually they'll do almost kind of like a measuring up, um, and one bull might actually step down. One bull might see another bull, how big the antlers are, and they might step down. If they don't, things do get violent, and they will um, begin fighting with their antlers, and this can prove to be a fatal thing for some bulls. And rutting and mating occurs in September and October. And rutting is where the bulls almost get like super hyper aggressive and uh, very hormonal. Um, and it is it is known, especially among hunters, like you avoid uh, males during the season because it can be very dangerous because they are very aggressive during this time. And during the rut, mature bulls will cease feeding completely for approximately two weeks. And the fasting behavior has been attributed to neurophysiological changes related to the redeployment of olfaction uh, for the detection of moose urine and moose cows. So they want to be able to uh, find these females. So they're basically shutting down some parts of their body so they can hyper-focus on doing this one thing. And so males are polygamous, so they will seek several females to breed with. And during this time, both sexes will call to each other. Males kind of produce this heavy grunting sound that can be heard from up to 500 meters away, while females produce almost kind of like wailing-like sounds. After the male and female moose mate, uh, the female moose has an eight-month gestation period, um, and she usually bears one calf. Uh, Occasionally, it will be twins if the food is plentiful in the area that they are staying in. So if they have plenty of nutritious food, uh, the female can give birth to twins. And this is usually in May or June. 
And the newborn moose or calves, uh, they have fur that has a very reddish hue to it in contrast to the usual brown that the adults have. And the young will stay with their mother until just before the next young are born. And the average lifespan of a moose is about 15 to 25 years. And unlike um, pretty much every other deer species, moose do not form herds. They're actually very solitary animals. The only time you can really see them around each other is during this breeding season. Um, Aside from calves who will remain with their mother until the mom uh, begins estrus, um, which is when her hormones pretty much uh, rise super high in uh, order to prepare for breeding uh, for the next a bunch of calves that she is going to have. And this is about 18 months after the birth of the calf. And at this point, the mom will actually chase away her calves. And then getting into population size, uh, their numbers are actually unknown due to the large spread of animals. They cover lots of land. Like I said, all the way from Alaska, all the way over to like Maine, uh, upstate New York. So Uh, and across Canada, so that entire swath of North America, as well as uh, huge swaths in Eurasia. And then getting into threats that uh, have negative effects on their population, uh, one of the big human activity stuff is hunting, uh, which have caused a significant reduction in the size of a moose's range over time, but it has been introduced to reintroduced to some of its former habitats, as well as uh, uh, deforestation. That can play a big part because it's just less food for them to eat, uh, which can really hurt their numbers. Another big threat that uh, moose face is parasites and bugs, uh, especially things like uh, parasitic worms and even flies and ticks. Uh, They get a lot of bugs on them because of their tail. They don't have a longer tail like other animals that help keep flies and insects in such a way. So it is very easy for things like flies and ticks to attach themselves to these moose and basically just dwindle them down until they no longer have energy left to help themselves. And like we said, um, the moose population, uh, they're actually listed as least concerned, so they're doing just fine. Uh, The region where there has been a decline is North America. So that is where the species has seen it. uh, It has been hit a little harder uh, just due to the things we mentioned, like deforestation and hunting and such. But the Arctic and subarctic regions where the moose live, they are pretty much untouched and therefore thriving in that area. And now we have some fun facts about the moose. So first one we have is the name is derived from Musu, which means he strips off an Algonquin. Algonquin is a um, uh, native peoples of North America. So that's where that the word moose comes from. Uh, another fact we have is the moose is extremely popular in pop culture. It has appeared in numerous shows and movies, and it's usually shown as a very relaxed animal and very slow-moving animal usually. Um, although that is not necessarily the case in reality, uh, they can be slow-moving and sedentary, but moose can become very aggressive, and they can move quickly if they are angled or star- angered or startled, so don't test them. The moose is actually the largest and heaviest extent species in the deer family. So we already mentioned their size. They're pretty, pretty big. Um, There's also been studies done that moose antlers have more acute hearing. So moose with these antlers have more acute hearing than uh, moose without antlers. Um, They almost act as a parabolic reflector that amplifies the sound in the moose's ear. And there have been reports of moose that have been hunted that weigh up to 2,500 pounds, uh, but they have not been authenticated or studied at all. So the rumors are probably not true. 
And the last fact that we have about the moose is a fact that I think a lot of people probably don't think about. And I feel like there's a lot of bad rep that a lot of uh, carnivores get out there. So moose are not usually aggressive towards humans, but they can be provoked or frightened to behave with aggression. In terms of just raw numbers, moose attack more people than bears and wolves combined. Now, they attack people more often, but the uh, consequences are a lot minor. Um, Bruising, broken bones, whatever it may be. Um, The reason why carnivores get such a bad rep is because when they attack, it's usually much more fatal. um, Just because teeth, claws, what have you. But moose are attacking people more often. Uh, In the Americas, moose injure more people than any other wild mammal. And worldwide, only hippopotamuses injure more. So like I said, with the carnivores getting a bad rep, uh, when we just listed two herbivores out there, and they actually cause the most harm in the world compared to any other creature. And so most of the advice that comes with talking about moose being aggressive is don't harass them. Uh, don't feed them because then they get used to feeding. And if you don't feed them, that may make them aggressive. Uh, if it's uh, rutting season and you live in an area with moose, avoid bulls. If you see a mother with her calves, avoid them. That's, she will be very protective. Now, unlike a lot of other dangerous animals, moose are not territorial at all. So because humans are not viewed as food and they're not territorial, most of the time, if you run away from a moose, it most likely will not pursue you. Um, they just want to let you know, hey, get away from me, whether it be their calves or whatever it may be. They might just be like, get away from me. So that's the best course of action is observe them from a distance, uh, admire them from a distance, don't harass, don't get close, and you'll be fine. Everybody can enjoy nature that way. That wraps up everything we have on the moose. Thank you for listening and tuning in. We had a lot of information on them, so I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Tune in next time where we'll be talking about the Roadrunner. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.